Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening, everyone. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's wonderful to see every single one of you, especially the... uh, welcome to our regulars, every single one of you regularly. Yeah, God richly bless you. And a lovely welcome to all our guests at the back. It's lovely to see you. Hopefully we'll see you again. Uh, God richly bless you. Um, the, title of this, the title of our message today is Why Our Plans Must Fail. Um, I, I know that this is something that the Holy Spirit has been speaking for the last month or two months. Uh, and he's placed it uh, uh, a bit heavy on my heart. And we have, we have three gentlemen that we will look at. But... There's something that we must understand, um, that as Christians, somehow over time we've been led to believe that everything must work out perfectly for me because I'm a Christian. Because I'm a Christian, I have to be 100% wealthy, I have to be 100% healthy, uh, or else God is not with me. So each time I pray, this is is the, the, the misconception we have, each time I pray, God must answer because I've prayed. And so when things don't work out, we think there's something wrong with God. We think there's something wrong with us. But we have to understand that God is bringing us all through a process. He's bringing us through something. I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at a lovely family out here who've gone through a tough time. But God is doing something in and through us. Yes. And in the process, things have to go wrong or else, or else God's will is not going to be done. So whenever, as, as I was growing up, I often believed that God's will was something that we have to be terrified of. Because God's will for me now is that he wants to do something that I don't want. God's will for me is for him to rub my nose in the dirt. God's will for me is for me to never be happy. God's will for me is for me to never succeed at the things I want to. But as time has gone on, I begin to realize that God's will for me is the exact opposite of what I believed. Because he knows exactly what's right for you. He knows exactly what's right for me. So even as we, even as we head, head into this, let's just pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that again, oh God, you will do as only you can do. Oh God, you touch every heart. I know there's liberty. I know there's freedom here. So I pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, even as we indulge and even as we sit down and we take in your word, I pray, Lord, will you minister to your people, minister to every heart in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Now you see every single one of you, particularly those of us who are born again, we belong to Jesus. Amen. Who, who belongs to Jesus here? So we're his, right? We, 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 we must understand that. And sometimes, because he owns us, and, 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 that's, and, and it's important that we understand that, that he owns us. Because he owns us, his will must be done in our lives. I often use the example, can you imagine if you bought a television screen, and that television always went on to whatever channel it wanted to? That'll be quite distressing. You, 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 you hate football. You come in the morning, you, you turn the TV on, it's football. You're saying, what, 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 what's happening here? I own this thing. I've got to take it back. And it's the same with us. We belong to Jesus and he wants to do in us what he wants to do in us. Not so much what we want to do. And this is, this, this is something I think for us as believers that we have to get out of our minds. That the fact that we're born again doesn't mean that I'm going to get what I want when I want it. I'm going to get what the Lord wants for me when he wants to give it to me. When he wants to give it to you. And it's important we understand this. I want us to look at, uh, there's, there's, there's a gentleman who, who, the, who the scriptures speak so greatly of. You know, um, a, a guy called Caleb. 
a guy called Caleb, mighty man of God, mighty, uh, mighty powerful guy. Um, but the scriptures say, speak of him in, in Numbers 13, verse 30. Now, Caleb, Caleb was one of the two spies who went in. Caleb is responding to what God said. God said, you go in there and, 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 and fight, and I'll give you the victory. But Caleb comes back in Numbers 13, verse 30, and the scripture says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And this is what he said, let's go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. Now, I looked at this. Everything that Caleb is saying is 100% in line with what God wanted for them. But there's something very crucial that the Holy Spirit was beginning to show me. That Caleb was, Caleb was 100% convinced that, he, that they could do it in their own strength. You see, Caleb, Caleb, Caleb had a personality which was, which was valiant. He was optimistic. He was a powerful man. Because even, if, if, even later on at the age of eight, he says, give me, give me the high country. I don't care if there's giants there. I'll still take them on. This was his natural persona. And, and, but the Bible says that the other, the, the other spies drowned Caleb out. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, you gave this man a word. He's acting in accordance with your word. Why is it? that he only gets to see that promised land 40 years later. Why did it have to go wrong for Caleb? Can you imagine Caleb there sitting with this word in his heart, burning inside of him? God has given me the promised land. God has given me the promised land. God has given me the promised land. And yeah, we're walking around in the wilderness. People are dying left, right, and center <laughs> around him. Although he's got a word from the Lord, although he's ready to do it, although he's yielded, although he's submitted, but still it's not going right. Why? Because God is looking at the bigger plan. God is saying, Caleb, when you go in there, you're going to see something that you've never seen before. You see, because sometimes when we do things in our own power, the story becomes of Andy's ability. It becomes of Steve's ability. It becomes of Fletcher's ability. But God wants the story to be about him. The story must be about him. Now, whilst the children of Israel are dying in the wilderness, we have to picture this, right? Whilst they're dying in the wilderness... The enemies are hearing of the reports of what their God did. They're not hearing that they're they're dying in the wilderness. The enemies are hearing reports of what their God did in Egypt, of what their God did here, of what their God did there, how their God provided for them, whilst they're dying. On On the surface, it doesn't quite make sense. But God is doing something in them. Whenever they were to stop, the sun stopped. The ball of fire stopped. The cloud stopped. Whenever they were to move, the ball of fire moved and the cloud moved. God was teaching them when to stop and when to move. But if they went into the promised land 40 years earlier, they'd never ever understand that concept. And sometimes in our lives, God is stopping us. It could be through sickness. It could be through illness. It could be through things not going the way we want them to. Because he's teaching us when to stop and when to move. And he wants us to stop when he tells us to stop. He wants us to move when he leads us to move. It sounds very obvious, doesn't it? But sometimes for us, it's difficult because we have the word from God already and we want to do it in our own ability. Here's the best part. When God brings them eventually to where they must cross over into the promised land, the first person that they meet is the Lord himself. The captain of the host is waiting there. And he says, and, 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 and this, I love it, I love it, because Joshua is so pumped up. Joshua and Caleb probably have been saying, it's our time. 40 years, here we go. We're going to take them. Joshua comes to the angel of the Lord and says, are you on our side or on their side? 
The angel of the Lord says, hang on. You make sure that you're on my side. And this is what God does with the delay. When things don't go the way we want them, when they want them. He's teaching us that we have to fall in line with his plan. We have to fall in line with his agenda. We have to go his way because his way is perfect. And now when we think about, when we think about them crossing over the Jordan, we, 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 we think of Jericho. We think of Jericho in which they kept their mouth shut for 13 days and God brings a phenomenal victory. Who's the story about? It's about the King of Kings. It's about the Alpha and the Omega. It's about the great God. It's not about Caleb. It's not about the enthusiasm of one man. And this is what God wants to do in your life and in my life. That the story of Wilma is of a great God. The story of Lernus is of a great God, not of a great individual. So don't be disappointed when things are not going your way now. They're going to go God's way eventually. And so, so we're saying, so, so, so we're saying but, 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 but I'm going through so much pain. Uh, uh, if, if everyone can see how weak I am. No. All they can see is what God allows them to see. And this is the report of Rahab. Rahab was, Rahab was the lady in Jericho. She said, we heard about what your God did in Egypt. We heard about what your God did there. We heard about what your God did there. And our hearts melted like water. So you might think you're going through a testing time, going through a furnace. But God is protecting you. And those who are looking on see the goodness of God. Have you ever found that that one day when you're coming in and you've had the toughest week, you see someone and they say, hey, man, the glory of God is upon you. And you're saying, does this person even understand anything? Does this person even see? Do their eyes work? Why? Why is that? Because he shields us. In that time where he's keeping us, he's shielding us. Because he is our protection. This is what he's teaching us. He's teaching us that he is our hope. He's our everything. This is what he's teaching us. This is why things go wrong. Let's look at Peter. Peter, the great Peter. Now, now, now Jesus, Jesus is there. Now, again, we, we must remember, oftentimes for us, it's hard to, to really understand fully who Jesus was. This is Jesus who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and they knew it. Peter and the disciples knew it. They seen him turn, turn uh, water into wine. They see him walk on water. They see him calm the storms. And, and, and Jesus says uh, in, in Matthew 26, 31, he says, and, and this is Jesus not just throwing something out there in speculation. He says, tonight all of you are going to betray me. But don't worry. He says, this is only to fulfill the scripture. And the scripture says that God will strike the shepherd and the sheep and the flock will be, will be scattered. Check out what he says in verse 32. And this is something that we've got to hang our hats on. He says, after that I've been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Then comes in Peter now. Peter representing all of us who want it our way now. Peter comes and says, no, Lord. Even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. And Jesus says, listen, uh, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the cock crows three times, you'll, de- you'll deny me that you ever knew me. Peter says, no, I insist. We'll never do it. Uh, even if I have to die with you, I'll go with you. And t- see what happens next. Peter's, Peter's now... Uh, started, started an insurrection against Jesus. And next thing, and all of the other disciples vowed the same thing. Now, Jesus is quoting from Zechariah. Right? Zechariah 13 verse 8, which says, uh, Awake, awake o, o sword, against my shepherd. The man who is my partner, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Strike down the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Right? So, so that's, that, that's the scripture 
that Jesus is quoting, but let's read what else he's, what, what else he's saying there, right? Or the, the rest of it. Uh, strike, strike down the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered and I will turn against the lambs. Two-thirds of the people of the land will be cut off and die, says the Lord, but one-third will be left in the land. And I will bring that group through the fire and I will make them pure and I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on me. They will call on my name and I will answer them and I will say, these are my people. And they will say, Lord, the Lord is our God. So, so, so Jesus is saying, this is the process that I'm going to bring them through. And it has to happen, Peter. You'll all have to, de- you'll all have to, uh, you'll all have to deny me so that we can come to this process of purification where the people will be purified. And Peter's saying, no. Do you see now why everyone, all of them had to desert Jesus? They had to, because if they stood, they'd be going against the plan of God. So God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. For, for our lives. God has spoken things over you, Kevin. He's spoken things, he's spoken things over you. He's spoken things over me that we never even knew of. Before we were even born, he called us, the scripture says. He's spoken things over our lives that he's going to bring to pass. And sometimes we, we just like Peter, no, 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 I'll never, dis- I'll, 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 stand, I'll stand on my own. And the Lord is saying, no, you won't. You need to yield. You need to bend for, for the greater good. You need to be brought to the fire. So you'll be like silver. You need to be brought to the fire. So you'll be like gold. And at the end, you will say, the Lord, he is God. The scripture says, and then these people who've been purified will call on me and I will say, here I am. Who loves to hear that from the Lord? When we say, Lord, 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 Lord. And he says, I'm here. Take note of what he says. When we call on him, this is what he says. I'm here. Here I am. And that's all the Lord is looking to establish in us. He's establishing it through things that are going upside down. It's not going the way I want it, Lord. Because I'm trying to get you to that place where you will call me and I will say I'm here. It's only the purifying process. It's only the refiner's process. And then, of course, that, um, Peter is so zealous, but he's zealously wrong. Sometimes even our zeal has to end. Even our enthusiasm has to end. Our passion, the way we pray, the way we fight, the way we believe, even that has to fail. Because this story is the story of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, not of Jesus Christ and Andy Finn. It's of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. So you might find even in your own life, in your own situations, there are things that come up and challenge you and knock you down and tell you, oh, you're, you're, you're absolutely useless. Yes, I am. Because he's my hope. He's my everything. I'm relying on him. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll pick myself up and try again. No, Lord, please help me. Please pick me up here. Because what happens? You see, when we pick ourselves up, guess what's going to happen again? We're going to be knocked down again. But when he picks us up, we will not fail. Because even though we fall again, we know, we, we know he will lift us up again and again and again because of his faithfulness. And then when people pat you on the back and say, well done, or oh, you're this, you're that, you're the other, you will tell them, no, it's a good God. It's a great champion. It's a great salvation that we have. I'm not being held together by myself anymore. I'm being held together by him. That's why things go wrong. 
so I can get to that place of knowing that I'm held by him. I'm kept by him. He's my hope. He's my way. He's my everything. The other thing he's trying to bring us to, he's trying to bring us to the place where we almost have no hope in ourselves. Funny, isn't it? It goes against everything that sometimes we've been taught. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. But there's times where you can't even believe what you know. Are there any Christians here who've been in a place where, the, where they know exactly what the word of God is saying to them? They know all the promises of God. But sometimes it seems like the circumstance is so heavy that sometimes you even forget. Has anyone else been there? I know I've been there. And it's then I've, all I can crowd and say is help. 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 We were in Italy. Um, we were in Italy a couple of weeks ago. Had a wonderful time uh, with my wife and uh, coming back. And I mean, it, it, it was really a godsend, you know, just to get away. And uh, so we're coming back. We're at the train station, going to, um, going to the airport on the way home. Now, Italy still had the COVID restrictions at the time. And uh, so we had our cloth masks. We had our surgical masks with us. And we're moving up and down. No problems whatsoever. Until until we got to board the bus to go to the airport. I get to the bus, the guy is standing, the guy who was standing, the bus driver, I'm standing, I'm looking at him, he's looking a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit weird, you know, and so I came up to the guy. The guy says, no, 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 you can't come on here. I'm like, oh, what's happening with this guy now? He says, no, you've got to have an FFP2 mask. I'm like, what, I've got a face, I've got a mask on, I had the mask on the face. No, 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 no good, no good, no good, no good, no good. And I mean, cheapest. I was like, just up until then, I was like, oh, the Lord is so good. The Lord is so faithful. The Lord is so kind. Oh, he's, he's my all in all. And immediately something rise up. There's this rage. There's this anger. I'm like, who does this man think he is? This guy's racist. It's because I'm black. It's because of this. It's because of that. So I turn around. I go back into the, I go back into the station. I buy two of those FFP2 masks and I bring them with me. Guess what? The bus is gone. <laughs> so, so, okay, we've got enough time. Ten minutes later, another bus comes. This bus comes, the bus driver sits in the bus, we walk in, there's no problems, he doesn't look at the bus, nothing. I'm raging. <sighs> this guy. This guy. But now, in the back of my mind, there's a scripture that says, but we know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. Yes, Lord, but this guy's a racist, man. This guy's a, this guy's a jobs worth. Why is he, oh, look at him, he's, he's, he's so zealous. And all the way back, all the way back to the airport, the same thing. Get there, and it's just nagging at me. It's just scratch. Just it's just like that, you know. It's just scratching me. I'm thinking, but why did this guy have to? Why did this guy have to be like that? You know, he just gone and ruined. He just gone and ruined the day. Until I get to board the plane, and there's a sign up on the wall that says, "You cannot board unless you have a FFP2 mask." Immediately, I drop my head. I say, "Lord God, you're faithful." You're above all things. There's no one like you. That man who I thought was a racist was a man who was used by God for me to buy the proper mask so I wouldn't be disappointed there. What am I telling you? Circumstances will come against you, but God is in control. Why did things have to go wrong? Why did anger have to come out of me in that bus? Why was that bus, that that 15-minute bus ride is nothing compared to being left and not allowed to go on the plane. God is in control. 
God is in control. Maybe you might be in a situation where you're fighting with things you wanted to go your way. Just know that God is in control. He's in total control. So our, the last character I want us to look at is Gideon. And, and this, is, this, is, this is, and I think this is the thing that caught me. And the line he uses, where, where the Bible says in Judges chapter 6, um, that Gideon was in the wine press, uh, and it says, verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and says, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. <laughs> now another version says, the Lord is with you as a mighty man of valor. <laughs> this, this is a man who's hiding from people. But the Lord comes, mighty hero. I can almost imagine the Lord with a smile on his face. Uh, and Gideon asked a wonderful question. And this, and this is the thing that, that, that really caught me. He said, sir, if the Lord is with us, why have all these things happened to us? If the Lord is with me, why am I not healed? If the Lord is with me, why have I not got the accommodation that I'm waiting for? If the Lord is with me, why are things still as they are? Why are things still upside down? And then he goes on to say, and where are the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say that the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites, he says. Then the angel turned and said to him, I mean, this part is almost like he's rubbing salt into the wounds. He says, go with this thy strength and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. Again, Gideon responds. But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. Listen to verse 16. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites. I looked... I looked at this and the first thing hit me is that Gideon couldn't even believe the, promise, the, the, the stories that he'd heard. Gideon couldn't even believe the promises that God had given him. He was in such a state. But this is the one that God went to. He claimed that God had abandoned him because things didn't go the way that he wanted them to go. You see, Gideon was looking for victory, a temporary victory over the Midianites. God was looking for, his, for restoring the nation back unto himself. And a permanent victory over there. Sometimes you might be looking for a short-term victory. God's looking for a long-term victory. You're thinking of, Lord, save me. He's thinking about, I want her family. I want her friends. I want the extended family. He's all, he's, 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 his picture's always bigger than ours. Um, I love this. In verse 14, and, and this is the reason that, that, that the Lord came to Gideon again. Because Gideon realized he has no strength. The moment we realize we can't do it on our own, that's when he draws close to us. Fortunately, unfortunately, sometimes he allows us to work out our own ideas. Why? So they fall down. When they fail, there's no plan B, there's no plan C, there's no plan D. There's, there's no cousin who can help me, there's no auntie, there's no this, there's no that, there's no the other. It's the Lord himself. I remember, I remember we had the second year of university uh, to, to do at home. And um, I remember we had, we'd, we'd, we'd concocted some plan, uh, my mother and myself, that um, we would go borrow the money, uh, uh, we'd go borrow the money from a money lender and my brother would stand as, as guarantor. And I remember that day as if it was uh, just yesterday. And I remember I, he said, uh, my, my mother went to him, I said, hey, this is the plan we have. And this is what my brother said. No, I'm not giving it at all. He must go work. And immediately he said that. The Spirit of God rose up inside of me and said, well, God, you're going to have to do it. And yet I am two degrees later, owing no man nothing. 
There's no one that can say they lent me any money or gave me any money that was their strength. It was the hand of God who's done it. You see, sometimes our plans must fail. And I remember, I'll be honest, as I looked at my brother differently after that. I didn't have the same affection for him. But I knew that God would have to do it and God would have to carry me. And all these years later, I mean, I love him as a brother. Of course I do. But the testimony of my life, the testimony of the degrees that I have, and I, I boast of it, that the Lord did it. The Lord brought me through. Even the example the Lord brought me through, it's his faithfulness. All of our plans, all of our schemes failed. But the Lord brought us through. Gideon realized he has no heritage to bring him the victory. Uh, it says, it says yeah, the Lord is loving Gideon more and more. The more that he speaks to Gideon, he hears, Gideon says, I can't do it. I can't even trust you, Lord. I can't even rely on what I heard. I, I can't even hold on to miracles to remind me. There's nothing I can hold on to. And then he goes on to say, go and deliver them in your strength. I've got no strength. I can't do it. The Lord is saying, this is my man. This is the candidate right here. This is the one right here. So, so later on, when I tell him to get rid of, when I tell him to get rid of 30,000 men, he'll do it. Because he knows that I'm with him. And this is what God is establishing in you, is establishing in me. A simple trust. A trust that goes beyond what we've experienced. And I mean, a lot of us have a lot of experiences. Uh, I know God has done great and, great and wonderful things for so many of you. I look around, I see your faces. Of the ones that I know, I know he's done great and wonderful things. But God is asking for a, great, a deeper trust than recollection, than recalling what he's done in the past. He's asking for a deeper trust than that. He's asking for an even greater trust than understanding his ability. Because we all know he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And we all know that there's nothing impossible for him. But sadly, when the rubber hits the road for us, we often forget that there's nothing impossible for him. He's asking for more than that. What he's asking for is trust in his nature. Trust in him. Trust in him alone. Trust in him. Everything you've gone through, everything you're going through, is to bring you to that place where you know you are in his hands and that he will do it. This is why things have gone wrong. For you, for me. Because he wants to bring us to that place where the trust is in him only. It's like, Lord, I don't know the outcome. I'm trusting you. Is that all, Andy? Yes, it is. I have a good friend, Les Janica, wonderful brother, a loved guy. He came to my house one Friday. I was still in youth, and um, he said, Andrew, let's go to town. It was around Christmas time. As we get into town, he says, Andrew, I'm buying you your Christmas clothes. And I was like, oh. He says, take whatever you want. I'll pay for it. So <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Got a lovely paisley shirt and a uh, bowler tie. And oh, I was looking good. I'll call a spade a spade. <laughs> but I thought about that. And, and, and that caused me to like Les. But a couple, a couple years later, I began to work with him. He's a tiler. I worked maybe two or three jobs with him. And I saw his attention to detail. He was so skillful. He was a wonderful guy. I mean, this guy. I mean, yeah, that's fantastic. But about five or six years ago, he was up here in Scotland and he came over to my house. Uh, but in between, we've had about 20 years of experiences together. I got to know him properly. I got to know him intimately. Um, and he, he came over to our place 
and there were a couple jobs that he was to do. They weren't his field. It wasn't something I'd seen him do before. But because it was Les, because I knew his nature, because I knew his attention to detail, I said, Les, you do whatever, I'm with you. I trust you totally. Not because you bought me clothes. Not because I've seen what you can do. But because it's you. And this is what the Lord is calling us into, this degree of trust, where it's not about what you've seen him do. It's not about what you've even experienced. But because it's him. Because it's you, Lord. I know you'll do it. I know, you, I, I know you're not going to cause me to fail. I know you're not going to have a, my enemies triumph over me. I know no one's going to laugh at my expense. I know I'm not going to be the laughing stock because it's you. Because it's you, you're going to cause me to prosper. Because it's you, you, you have my best interests at heart. This is why things go wrong. Because he wants to bring us to that place where we're trusting only in him. Only in him. Trusting only in him. And of course, all of us, we all have parents. And we all know when we were younger, we asked them, we asked them why. They said, mommy knows best. As we got a bit older, why? Because I said so. But as, but as we got older, as we got older, I know myself with my mother. As we got older, I never questioned her. Because I knew. I knew who she was. And this is the Lord this is the Lord's word for us, I think, this evening. That he wants us to trust him again. Don't worry about the things that are not going the way you want them now. They're going the way he wants them for you. And at the end, you'll be like me, standing at that boarding, at that boarding desk. And with the head down and saying, Lord, you're so faithful. Lord, I'm so sorry I even worried or, or mistrusted you for, this, for a brief second. The frustration will come. Believe me, it will. But the moment we begin to realize that it's him who's in charge, we're flying. We think of the man laying at the pool of Siloam. Of all the people that are there, Jesus goes to one guy. Which guy? The guy when he says, do you want to go in? All he can say is, I have no man. And Jesus says, you're the one I want. You're the one I want. The one who's got no more strength, no more ability, no more plans. Everything's failed. All down. Lord, it's only you I'm relying on. And this is the call of the Holy Spirit to us this evening. Trust him. Trust his nature. I pray that, you, I pray that your eyes will see many wonderful things. I pray that your heart will be filled with a great understanding of who he is. But more so that you would trust him and know his nature. Know that he loves you. Know the way that he sees people. When you understand this, your filter changes. And just know things are going wrong because he has you exactly where he wants you. And he's going to do with you exactly what he wants to do at the right time. So let's just pray. Lord God, I pray, Lord, for our brethren here, our brethren online. Oh God, I pray that this word, oh God, will sink deep into their hearts, Lord. I pray, God, for the trust that will arise in every one of their hearts. Lord, I pray for those who might be going through different things, oh God. We are not insensitive, oh God. We're not... Uh, we're not cavalier here, and Lord, ignorant to their, to their dilemmas, oh God. We think of our different brethren, oh God, going through stuff that we can't even fathom in our minds. Unbelievable pain, day in and day out. I pray, God, let your truth, oh God, strengthen them and encourage them, please. God, I pray, Lord, that if, if, even in their pain, in their time, and even as they would call out, you promised that you would say, here I am. I pray, God, for the here I am moment, oh God, for every one of us, that we might feel that hand of yours, oh God, upon our shoulder. Oh God, reminding us that you are with us, oh God. 
Go before us into battle, I pray. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask you, Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, folks. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.